It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of the space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot, hands Corey Davis, wide open. Davis still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time to answer your mailbag questions with the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. So let's jump right into the mailbag. Question comes in from Michael Christopher. He says, do you think it's possible that the Jets will keep a quarterback like Josh Johnson or another veteran in quarantine during the season? If so, do you think it will be Johnson or somebody else? In addition, are they allowed to do that without keeping him on the roster? I don't think that I, I forget. I know they were talking about doing that, um, but I don't I don't think that they're going to have a special uh thing in there to go back and look at uh you know keep a guy quarantined there specifically because now they're just they want everyone vaccinated they're not if some even vaccinated or not they're not uh going to slow down a game or anything uh for a positive test so i i'm pretty sure that's not the case this year uh but you know they could easily t- say you know hey josh johnson go quarantine stay at home and be ready uh, I, I think that is a more likely scenario, especially uh, week one, wait until after that week one there. Uh, so I, I think that you could, you know, do like a loophole around that type of thing. Um, but yeah, it's, they're not, they're not going to do the, the whole thing where they completely isolate them from the roster uh, like they did last year. But they they could have them just stay close by at home and say, hey, you know, strongly recommend you quarantining uh, and not because if the, uh, any of those types of quarterbacks that are aren't signed, they, they'd be wise to quarantine. Because if a team calls you up and says, come on in and they test you when you get in there, then, yeah, you're not going to hold that job very long. Next question comes in from AJ Tranzano. He says, Chris, any positions that you think the Jets should be concerned about that haven't really been discussed? We know that cornerback is an issue, an edge rusher now with Lawson's injury, but what about inside linebacker? Jared Davis is hurt. He's going to miss some time. What are they going to do there? Should there be a concern at that position? And is it possible that they try to do something there in addition to edge rusher and corner? Um, yeah, that that position is going to be a little bit of a problem now. There, that was thin to begin with. Um, they, you know, there was some issues uh, there. You really, the only uh, one you knew for sure in that linebacker group that you're comfortable with is C.J. Mosley. 
Uh, and then Jared Davis, there's saw some positive things in training camp, but even just taking Robert Sala and them on the word about how he's a much better fit here, you still wanted to see it. Um, so that that's a position of concern. Uh, again, the cornerback position is backed, backed up a little bit more of a concern now with the loss of Carl Lawson. Um, that, that front is going to be a little less uh, powerful, so that means that they're going to need more out of the cornerback, the secondary. Um, but still, the main, the main problem to me is still the depth on the offensive line. Um, I, I, I do expect Elijah Vera Tucker will be back and will be healthy for the start of the season. So I won't have as much concern about the inside of that line as I do at this very moment, but offensive linemen get banged up very easily. Uh, we just talked about that with Carl Lawson injuries happen, could be happened to any one of those guys. And even if you're just talking about, you know, a drive or two here and there, they don't really have anybody I trust to be able to go fill in in the pinch. So uh, that that's the area that I'm still most concerned there. Next question comes in from Say My Name. If he says, with the retirement of Alex Lewis, how will his cap numbers work for the Jets? Does his contract clear and all that cap comes back? Yeah, uh, they... Yeah, all, everything will will cleared up, and they will take that and roll roll it over to the next season. Next question comes in from Chad Parks S. He says, "Chris, you've been sounding the alarm about the pass protection. Is there anything the Jets can do realistically that could help fix that for the start of the season?" There's nothing that they can do to really improve it uh, at between now and the season. One thing I'll I'll just say is. You know, there's a difference between um, now. It, it, this is tough to judge because both against the Giants and the Packers, they weren't really playing their starters. Uh, but there's there is a difference between game action and training camp practice. So while it has been a huge problem and super alarming in these training camp practices, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to carry over to be a game. Uh, like. I talked about this last week. Makai Becton was getting his lunch eaten by uh, Jordan Jenkins every day in training camp last last season. Um, Jordan Jenkins was just just picking him apart, and then Makai Becton went on to have a season where he was shutting down like top tier edge rushers. Uh, so that that can happen, and it's it, you know we've talked about this with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's learning what he can get away with and trying things. And it's not going to be – it's not the, like the same scale of that. He, he's got – he tries a lot more, a lot more uh, different things. But I do think there's similar things happening uh, at every position. So this is one of the reasons why it's practice. It's practice for a reason. Uh, and we put too much stock on, oh, man, this isn't working in practice okay, but like that doesn't necessarily mean it's not going to work in a game. So, uh, but I, I don't, I think that barring, you know, so, somebody uh, really good getting shaken free uh, or becoming uh, becoming available in a trade, which I, you know, offensive linemen don't become available. Good ones don't just become available at this point in the season. Um or anything like that, I don't think there's any major dramatic steps that they're going to take to get better. 
you got to try to look to improve the depth there, but you just got to hope that it will translate better to game than to practice. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Dennis W. He says, given the number of times that he'd been beat in practice by Lawson and then again by Preston Smith at Green Bay joint practice, everybody was starting to get concerned about Makai Becton. Do you think that this is a situation where maybe Becton is just one of those players who's much better when the games come around than when he's in practice? And Chris, we've seen this a lot. In fact, there's stories about Derek Thomas, one of the greatest edge rushers of all time, legendarily terrible practice player. But when game day came, he was one of the best that the league ever saw. So I'm not saying Becton is that kind of player like Derek Thomas. He's got a long way to go to prove that. But is it possible that that's just the way Becton is wired, that for some reason he struggles in practice, but when the lights are on and it's the real games, somehow something goes off in him and he's able to perform at a much higher level? Yeah, it's certainly possible. It, it's funny to think about just because normally it's it's the, uh, the flip side of it. You know, we got the players who look great in practice and then just kind of disappear when the lights come on. Um, but it's definitely possible. It's also just possible that, you know, he, he needs the training camp to get through all this stuff and learn. Uh, I, I mentioned, just mentioned about how Jordan Jenkins was taking him to school consistently. Um, and then learning that type of stuff from a full training camp against him might've just been what he needed to prepare him to go out there and play better. And then this, you know, he's got a new system this year, so maybe that factors into it. Or maybe it's just, you know, the offseason. Now he's got to play himself back into it. Uh, He needs to play himself back into a rhythm. Uh, You know, like baseball players, uh, after their their season, they have to go to spring training and, like, gear ramp back up to be able to hit a baseball that's flying at him 98 miles an hour with serious movement on it. Um so it, it could just be all of those things. It's probably a you know a little bit of each of them. Um, but I, I think that it could just be a lot of technique and fundamentals that he's got to iron out, and he uses the preseason to get that stuff down, and then he's he's ready to go once the season starts. But it, it could just be you know we're gonna need more than just two years of sample size for to get a. A real answer on this probably by like year four or five we could get a real answer if it continues this way but I, I think it's probably a mixture of all those things just kind of working your way back up and into the routine of things and knowing what has to be done say my name it jumps in again he says Chris you've talked about how the offensive line has struggled in pass protection during training camp But the real worry for me is depth. How concerned should we be with all these injuries and the apparent lack of depth there on the offensive line? Also, when are you going to start asking players about their pizza preferences? I saw the Jets made a video asking players if pineapple belongs on pizza. When are you going to find out which of these players likes specific toppings and specific specialty slices? All right, uh... When when they open the locker room back up, then then I can start to get to the bottom of some of this these pizza questions. <laughs> uh, right right now we're still doing like the group interview stuff. Um, for the most part, the 
allowing us to do some one-on-one stuff, but uh, not with enough consistency for, for me to really dive into that. And in the group settings, uh, I, I'm not trying to waste everyone else's time with, with that stuff right now. So once, once the locker room gets opened back up, then I can, uh, I can seriously dive into that area. As far as the depth on the offensive line, yeah, it's a huge concern. It's, that's the single biggest concern with this team right now. And I, I'm going to keep uh, banging this drum and keep repeating this. I do not have goals and expectations of this team making a deep playoff run. They, maybe they can sneak in, um, you know, being like paper champs with an easy schedule, but they'd end up being an easy out. I like That's absolute best case scenario. I do not have super high expectations for this team, but the depth on this line could really derail this season from having like any feel good, positive momentum to it at all. Like that's the one thing that I could think that could really stunt Zach Wilson's growth this year. And that's what you want to see the most is, or at least what I'm looking for the most is just, just show me that there's enough here that you can be feel confident that Zach Wilson's the guy and if they have to re- lean on their depth at offensive line, that's going to be harder and harder to figure out. Uh, that's the one thing that I could really see getting in the way and stunting uh, his growth there. So that is by far my most uh, biggest concern I have with this roster uh, right now. Next question comes in from Tim. He says, Chris, Have there been any players that you had certain expectations for heading into training camp and seen those players fall far short of your expectations? Huh, this is interesting because we've talked about the opposite, the players uh, exceeding my expectations. I've I've been surprised that Becton has been getting beat as much as he has, but again, I'm not worried about that. I don't think that's anything to really be concerned about. Based on... Now this this is a funny answer because it's just based. I'm just basing it off uh, previous training camps. I would have uh, probably expected Chris Herndon to have a better uh, training camp than he's had, but uh, he's he's definitely been improved as a blocker. Uh, I know that he in the games, the preseason games, he's looked really good as a blocker. Uh, I I I'd also say uh, Denzel Mims. I expected more out of Denzel Mims. Now there's there's reasoning uh, behind all of that, uh, be- between the the food poisoning, losing all the weight, and uh, adjusting to roster. I'm not concerned what it means long term for him. I do think by midseason you'll see him, uh, you know, getting more of uh, in there more solidly in the rotation. Uh, but yeah, I think those are really the only uh, disappointments. I guess you could go with the kickers as well. You could throw them in there, even though Amendola had a really good day against uh, the Packers. Um, I didn't have high expectations for that group, but I, I, you know, Chris the kicker, I definitely expected him to not look that bad. So th- those are a couple of names, but it's definitely been more pleasant surprise than, uh, you know, shocking disappointments. Chris, last questions for me, because I've been curious about this. 
have practices felt more like a well-oiled machine under Robert Sala than they did under Adam Gase? I know that common sense would say yes, just because of everything we heard about Gase. But I was curious, what is the difference really between a practice run by Robert Sala and his staff and a practice run by Adam Gase and his staff? Yeah, it definitely is a well-oiled machine. There's a I mean, I haven't seen a single player look confused about where to go next yet. Uh, they the the horn, air horn blows, whistle blows, that period ends, and they immediately go right to the next stop. There's no wasted breath, no wasted uh, time in between. They're just from one uh, drill to the next drill to the next to the next to the next. Um, it it definitely does. And there's also, you know, Adam Gase wasn't doing the yelling himself, but there's there has been less yelling uh, with this coaching staff than any coaching staff that I've I've dealt with. So there's some of that that for sure, but it's definitely better organized. Uh, it seems to be moving at a faster pace, more productive. Uh, they they seem to really be getting more out of practices than they were during the Adam Gase era. That's for sure. Chris Nimbley, the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal. Thanks so much for coming on and answering some questions with me. Really appreciate it. Make sure you're checking out everything Chris is doing at JetsInsider.com and following him on Twitter at CNimbley and at JetsInsider. And check out everything we're doing at PlayLikeAJet.com and the PlayLikeAJet YouTube channel. A lot of great videos up right now, courtesy of Luke Grant. Kayla Pace has got her commentaries up right now, Pace's Playbook. With Luke, you can check out his film reviews and his five takeaways from all of the preseason games, among many other awesome videos. Go ahead and watch them and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And make sure that you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com.